0: Uh, kind of the the hidden one of the hidden stories behind the stories is how Elijah and Elisha continually find the provision of God, and it 's how the prophetic is used, the intimacy with God to even find unique ways it 's almost never just praying for money and money comes in, whether it 's you know the widow who, who needed. Containers filled with oil. She was told to bring all the empty ones, and they were filled. And even and there were some that Elijah stepped into. But immediately, when Elisha received the mantle of Elijah, then he was stepping into uh, the very first miracle he did. It was a provision one. The first place he went to, he says, "Listen, the the city is beautiful we're in, but we have the water is cursed and is not drinkable, and the land is barren. And so, you know, he did one of these." weird prophetic miracles. And it says, and the waters were healed to this day and the land changed. And then Elisha shortly thereafter was feeding a hundred people supernaturally again. And he continued to do this. Of course, remember in Elijah, he's the one that withheld the water from the entire nation and then decreed and prayed the blessing, the financial blessing over the whole nation. And so there really is something of even even pressing into our inheritance and the prophetic is where we have access as we're as as we commune with his heart how he loves and enjoys creative ways of providing for us and so we want to uh continually remember and be in that position of honoring him with our first fruit understanding that he is uh the source of all sources. The interesting thing of Elijah and Elisha, there were a timetable, a time when there was difficulty and famine and lack in the land of Israel because of their idolatry. But everywhere Elisha and Elijah went, they were able to release the blessing and find the provision of the Lord for themselves. So I'm going to ask, uh, well, I'm going to pray. Then those that have the, the baskets are going to pass them around and, and, uh, you can give then. So, Lord, we do thank you for this aspect of who you are, that you are the God that not only provides, but you uh, you enjoy doing so. And in this time and season, this is uh, uh, this is where you really want to meet us in, in new ways, and unique ways. And I just even sense it specifically for people that are right here in this meeting here at Daystar tonight, those that you wish to uh, just remind that you are... The God that cannot be limited by any financial alleged reality that exists in our city or among the nations, in our nation. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are, uh, you are a source. You are a source yourself. It's not just that you figure out ways that provision can come, but it becomes... Our honor to just be able to honor you with our first fruits where we tell ourselves, we tell powers and principalities, we tell you that you are where our hope is. Our anchor, even for our provision, is in you. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So Elizabeth's going to come up for announcements. And um, as she is, and pass the baskets around. (laughs) that should not include heckling (laughs) all right lord we just thank you again for your presence we thank you for what you're doing on planet earth in general that you're not moved by any situation or circumstance or any alleged crisis You have not even broken into any sort of sweat, ever. And uh, we just thank you for the peace that we have as your children to operate under that same demeanor. And it doesn't mean that you don't care deeply for the things that are out of balance and the things that are wrong and the great suffering on planet Earth, but... You do so with a hopeful perspective, already seeing the end in mind, already seeing the redemptive story you're doing also. And so your perception is a perfect perception. We just thank you that we can rest in that and rest in the fact that you do carry that weight and that we don't need to carry that weight. Your yoke is easy. The yoke that you give us, the burden we are to carry is a light one. You let us share a very tiny portion of what you carry. And we thank you're such a good God in Jesus' name. Amen. And Holy Spirit, lead and guide this time. Well, we're going to be sharing with you a part three in the final part in the three-part series on victory over Jezebel. And um, really the, the direction we've been going with it There should be something for everyone if you've come here and go, oh, man, there's going to be nothing for me if you're talking about Jezebel. This is going to be some high prophetic thing, but it really is not. It includes some of that, but there really is something that the Lord is uh, uh, releasing and, and opening even the heaven over us as we go through this series. And I've been feeling this shift take place in the spirit over us as a church ministry personally and really over the city of Atlanta and a lot of these this these are going to be these messages will be part of a three-part series victory over Jezebel and I believe we'll want to even pay more attention to them next year there's something about 2012 and what God is going to begin doing in the city of Atlanta and uh and the initial inspiration was a prophetic word from Stacy Campbell when she was here at the Winds of Hope conference. She gave a prophetic word to Elizabeth and myself about having, she didn't know anything about our history, but of how we had, she could see that we had confronted uh, Jezebel and that there was a spirit of Jehu on us. And, uh, and the Lord led me into this series to begin sharing to a prophetic church, prophetic people to help you understand, help us understand what we're, up, what we're up against and, and not in a sense of, oh, wow, this is terrible. We're up against Jezebel, but how there is victory over Jezebel as we embrace the parts of who he has available for us at this time and season. And so in the part one, we, uh, uh, we spoke about who or what is Jezebel and what does a Jezebel attack feel like and what strengthens Jezebel. And if you want to know the answers to those things, you can get the first message. It's, it is available online. I guess for uh, initial point of reference so that uh, you have at least a minimum available for you is that uh, when we're speaking of Jezebel, we're speaking of a demonic personality uh, or a combination of personalities that operates as a principality, some demonic devilish power that has a basic mission to kill the expression of God as it would come out through prophetic people to kill the prophetic voice and uh, the prophetic manifestation. That would even be that which would desire to kill the creativity of God and, and, and not just the way it would manifest in church, trying to shut down prophetic voices in church, but trying to shut down the prophetic voices of God's people, particularly in the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment, those who would carry the higher, the greater uh, creativity, and greater manifestation of his glory in music and fashion and movies and and um, all the creative arts uh, expression of arts that are that are there, and how um, this personality principality wars against those who carry this prophetic gifting and um, and the prophetic churches uh, and, and such as Daystar. We are known as that even in the city and outside the city. So then part two, message, uh, uh, part two of victory over Jezebel from last week, we went into uh, what protects from Jezebel. And then what is the Jehu anointing? For we, we see that Jehu was he who had an anointing to easily trample and take down Jezebel. And what were the key ingredients to that? We were sharing about uh, Jezebel's SIM card, but in her, this case, a CIM card, her calling card and it's control. The C is control. The I is intimidation, the M manipulation. And, uh, and in the life and the story of Jezebel, we read several, uh, passages in the book of Kings, first and second Kings that gave us expression of that. And, and again, I believe there are a lot of insights and it's even worth, uh, uh, hearing um, at least another time, for those of you who have heard it once. And again, I believe particularly next year, there's going to be more along the assignment of what God has us step into. And so tonight, I want to uh, uh, share in the direction of who is susceptible to Jezebel. Um, and in, in a way, we've covered that. We've said in, in, in broad strokes that it's Uh, prophetic people, but we're going to hone in a little more specific on that. Who is susceptible to Jezebel, first of all, as a target, and then who is susceptible as a vehicle to be used by Jezebel. And again, there is um, a helpful insight, I believe, for for us. And uh, stated again, Jezebel is after the prophetic And the reason Jezebel is after stopping the prophetic, it's the gift that releases the glory of God. The prophetic gift is a specific gift that releases the glory of God, the glory of his presence, the glory of his creativity, the glory of what he's doing today on planet earth, the glory of provision. These are all uh, uh, things that come out and manifest through the prophetic. And so uh, we will see in the future, in the coming days, when we speak of the generation that is presently awakening and then will arise and will shine the seven mountains of society and every structure of society where we're going to see God shine and where entire nations will be sheep nations. It will be uh, prophets and prophetic people whose influence will dominate in every sector of society. That's just what's going to happen. And um, and it will be not because God is saying, I want prophets per se, but it's those who decide are chosen, are called to respond to the call, to connect to God at a friendship level, and out of this intimacy to hear secrets from him, secrets from his heart, and out of this they operate. And so the enemy goes after that which is receiving the fresh word of God, not just the canned tuna fish that you may be able to pull out of you know, what God said, but what he continues to say and what he continues to release and reveal. And basically, a church is not a, It's not very progressive and aggressive in advancing the kingdom of God unless there is a strong prophetic element to that church. No matter how many members are there, it just is not that which is taking new ground. It is that which is holding ground. So it's not about lifting up any kind of group. It's just uh, the reality of what's taking place. There are three specific mountains where... Uh, prophets or the prophetic particularly dominate, and that's the mountain of economy, the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment, and the mountain of religion. And, and again, prophetic people will rule by influence in, in all mountains eventually. In the mountain of religion, uh, we need the prophets. You know, That's where the churches, prof- prophets and prophetic people, but particularly prophets that can share with the body of Christ as far as what time is it in the spirit, what time it is, uh, is it in the spirit? What's coming? What do we do now? How are we supposed to uh, prepare ourselves and advance? And they are the eyeballs uh, for the army itself, in the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment. Prophets have a different manifestation. They are accessing the, those. Are, they are those who are accessing the greater creativity. They are carrying the it factor from heaven, and it will dominate the news and the media in the coming days. Months and years, mainly years. And we will. And it will be the story that comes out that the better stories, the better fashion styles, the better music, the better movies, the better dance, all will come by prophetic revelation by those who are friends of God, those who are worshipers and understand that he is the one that loves sharing this with his sons and daughters. And um, the mountain of economy, another group where... Uh, Prophets and prophetic people show up And and we've given you some scriptures in time past We won't go there right now But in the future uh, There will be great economic solutions for entire nations That will be revealed through these prophetic people Through prophets Whether they're recognized as prophets or not This will be like it took place in the scriptures many times It says in the New Testament The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field And then it talks about another time, the kingdom of God like a pearl. And there is this connection with uh, the Lord desiring to release treasure and that which is precious. But he he reserves that uh, for those who see with prophetic eyes, those who are friends of God and understand what he's doing. And therefore, they're able to access the solutions of God from heaven, as Joseph did in the Old Testament, where he was able to save not only the entire nation of Egypt, his own people, his own house. Uh, the household of Jacob, and really all the nations of the world came for that. And so there is a reason, a very uh, you know, important reason that we're speaking of, uh, of this victory over Jezebel, because it is coming, it's in the works, uh, and um, it is that which is going to be confronted in every sector uh, of society. And again, those are three primary mountains, but then Prophetic people will dominate by influence in all mountains in the coming years. And again, this, this emphasis of uh, they're not elites in a, in a sense of that God chose them to be elites. But they are those who love God in such an intense way that uh, they have found his heart. And they understand what he's doing. They see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And they dare to believe in the goodness of God in the land of the, of the living. And they dare to see... To believe that he can be reimaged in every sector of society as a good, mighty, powerful God. And so the enemy, in every conceivable way, but specifically the Jezebel spirit, targets the prophetic spirit and, and, and it targets the sensitive spirits because basically you have learned to have a sensitized spirit if you step into the prophetic. So the enemy targets sensitive spirits with lusts, with addictions. With uh, you know, distort wrong desires, and and there is just something we just have to get used to. If you are a prophetic believer, if you are prophetic, a prophet, are called to carry God's glory in a creative way. When you haven't, you maybe don't even know to call yourself prophet or prophetic, and that's fine. Also, you cannot be a quote balanced believer, a balanced Christian. Prophetic people have to be out of balance in a good way we have to be radical and and if you're not you you fall away and so it's why you really can't make it in a in a, in a lukewarm church because in a lukewarm church you you will just you, you will backslide and what is hot for others is backslidden for a prophetic individual and so that's just who you are, and you must be aware of that. And so even as a church, we have to be that way. We have to think that way. We have to be an on-fire-and-alive church. And, uh, and to, to be just normal is to be backslidden and, and to lose ground and not to be who we're called to be. So, everybody with me so far? <clears throat> That's what i 'm talking about no. Elizabeth was talking about i didn't tell her to do that either, but so we want to talk a little bit about who is susceptible to Jezebel again, already establishing that it is the prophetic and but this you know I think there's some insights in just looking at it a little more uh, uh, focused honed in, in in way and and the reason we we would study at all or be aware of the enemy's advances and how the enemy operates is not to be fearful of the enemy. It's not to exalt the enemy, but it's to wear the proper armor defenses against the enemy. So who is prone to fall to Jezebel? Well, we know she targets prophets, the prophetic, the creative prophets of mountain of celebration. And then who's susceptible? Number one, really, I have number one and number two, and it's not all that complicated. Number one, who's susceptible to Jezebel are frustrated prophets or the very frustrated prophetic people prophetic churches any one of this classification where you can combine the word prophet, prophetic and frustrated that leaves you in a place where you are susceptible to Jezebel so you want to be aware of that and and you say, well, well, why? Well, it's because your frustration can position you to compromise. And so you're so desirous for, you know, some sort of breakthrough that you become uh, increasingly open to something that will fast forward a painful process or get you out of pain. Uh, and so you'll yield to... Uh, you know the the spiritual uh, Jezebel steroids we 've shared with you previously, I guess we won 't go back and looking at that, but there is kind of the illegitimate way to accomplishing your call and destiny, and you 'll do like D- Ahab to remind you of A- Ahab who was the king of Israel the way he put himself under Jezebel his initial thing was that it was a political move it was something to strengthen his position and so he took Jezebel who was from another nation and Jezebel's father was Ethbel who was the high priest and king of the Phoenicians and so he brought Baal into his own household and he brought himself into subjection to her but he did it to strengthen politically uh, Israel and so that they would have an advantage even over the nation of Syria and in doing so that, that compromise that he did put himself in a place where ultimately, of course, it led to his death um, by, by being in close uh, connection, union with Jezebel. So frustration doesn't mean you're going to fall, but it, it can if you begin to look for illegitimate ways to make manifest what God has not brought in the, in, in the, in the rate of time you want it to take place. And so you want to just be aware of that and not allow uh, the enemy to come in and sneak in through any sort of uh, manipulative connection and give you that which you think uh, you wanted but give it to you in an illegitimate form. You can fall into drowning. Another way is... You can end up drowning your frustration in a secret sin and 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 so you can be prone if you just wear and carry frustration and cannot find the ability to encourage yourself in the Lord, as David said he would encourage himself in the Lord, strengthen himself in the Lord. You often can be subject and give yourself over to an addiction, also which is the handiwork of Jezebel again through seduction, through compromising you, killing your voice because you feel like you no longer have the moral. Foundation from which to speak or manifest who God wants you to be. So you can just be aware of that, that if you're, you must find a healthy way to deal with your frustration and not allow it to be an opening for Jezebel. Now, that's group number one who is susceptible to Jezebel. Group number two would be the overly successful. So you could be the frustrated ones and you can be. susceptible to Jezebel, but then you can be too successful, the overly successful, and that can make you susceptible to Jezebel. Again, the application of this is not just in the household of God, and I'll go in and out of application that has to do with, uh, uh, you know, creative people and the prophetic. The prophetic, again, manifests in the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment also, and so, you know, we have friends who are listening to these messages from Hollywood also, and they can see a little different application uh, than what I'm specifically saying as it would relate to those who who identify more with uh, church scenarios. But this of the overly successful is something that I've seen uh, time and again uh, throughout my life and uh, observed it, that an anointed man of God, quote, that is so successful and who receives so much adulation that... Uh, He begins to believe that there are exceptions in life for him. There are reasons he doesn't need to follow the same scriptures as others. And and that he really has attained to another place in the spirit. And so, you know, what God had to put as restriction for most people really aren't for him. And you can say, who really thinks that? You'd be shocked. Many, many, many well-known pastors that have fallen have fallen because of that. It's, uh, these, uh, they even, uh, you know, I've heard of the discussion among themselves that those, uh, the, those that, again, we're, if we're talking about church now, some of those that have had mega ministries, very large churches and among themselves there, the conversation goes, how can a greatly anointed man of God expect to be satisfied by one woman? And so that is one aspect of, of Jezebel that comes in, and it's m- uh, much more common than you can imagine. And if you hear of anything like that in, in your church, run from uh, that church wherever wherever it is. And uh, again, you can see that the obvious part of that would be in in the Hollywood scenario where... You know, someone is very successful and they feel like entitlement to all the pleasures of life. And well, that, in a way, you'd say, well, that's sort of uh, to be expected there. But that same spirit operates in the household of God. And, and again, there's people who have, uh, there will be TV personalities, well-known men of God, past, present and hopefully less and less in the future, but I'm sure still in the future, that will preach mainly the right stuff. We were in a church. We told you about that in part one of this series. We were in the fastest growing church in America. And there was great teaching on the kingdom. Um, and, and mostly what you would hear from the pulpit was great stuff. But um, meanwhile, behind the scenes, there was special inner circle doctrine that allowed them for more permission and it gave them freedom to, uh, to, you know, to call adultery and drunkenness and drug use and filthiness of language something else than other than what it is. And, and so um, they would, they a special set of rules. And and again, they were taken over also by greed and avarice. And and this has been common in this city of Atlanta, Georgia, and it's been common and come to light in the last couple of years and a lot of major ministries that have been exposed for that because Jezebel has had a ruling presence in this city of Atlanta. And so uh, you want to be aware of that. Um, I have observed a precursor stage to... Sexual immorality and and Jezebel is not just that which causes sexual immorality, but that is a part of it because it does end up shutting down a voice of God, and, and um, it compromises a vessel that often, again, is carrying uh, a, a good message, and but they lose uh, the credibility foundation there, and precursor stage for sexual immorality. And this is for ministers, and I would say it 's probably true for actors and musicians is is uh, when there 's this obvious manifestation of there 's like it 's greed, I see it as greed, and not to knock anybody who wears uh, uh, gold and diamonds and all that kind of stuff but if i 've watched a ministry who who didn 't used to be that way, but all of a sudden he 's getting better and better known, then all of a sudden it he has the the huge rings and the huge gold and the and the diamonds and, and there 's this over the top way of dressing again i don 't want to be across the board anybody you see doing that that, that means they 're falling to that, but so often I will see that person and watch in a few years a story of them falling that they, had, they have been participating in a, a um, great and gross immorality, it's almost a set-up stage. And the way, the sense, the thinking to that is the entitlement. See, the entitlement. Jezebel comes in, you're successful, so you're entitled to more. And, and again, Jezebel is the glory-robbing power and principality. And so it's like you're entitled to some glory and to manifest that glory. And so, therefore, it becomes the precursor. You keep carrying that on, you are now under uh, Jezebel's uh, claws and uh, hooks. And, and if, it, almost inevitably, you see a bad testimony follow from that. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth has mentioned that, along with it, observed that there is the right to lie and deny that these things are going when confronted. And that's part of a. In the church, the, the Jezebel spirit connects strongly with the spirit of religion. And internally, we really know about how these have operated in ministries where they know the Scripture, and the Scripture says it is better... Uh, that a stone mill be cast around your neck and you'd be thrown to the bottom of the sea, then then you'd cause someone to stumble. And so, therefore, if someone can't handle the freedom that you have because you're in this elevated place with God, then if you're confronted about what you're doing, you lie, and it's not a lie, it's just you being considerate of where they are. And that that would stumble them. So, and that has... uh, I just unbelievable, unbelievably widespread that, uh, that way of thinking and, 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 particularly, in uh, again, do not cast aspersions on all mega churches, but a lot of that, which has been, uh, very successful. This is part two is the overly successful, the very successful and the trap that comes with that. Again, the massive spirit of entitlement, uh, will do for them what Jezebel did for Ahab. Remember if we read the story, but you can read it in there and some of you already know it, when Ahab moped over the fact that Naboth wouldn't give him his vineyard. If you remember that story, I think we just talked about it briefly. briefly, In one of the weeks we were talking about it, Jezebel came in and said, hey, you're the king, exercise your authority. You're the anointed man of God and he gave you this desire and he wouldn't give you a desire unless you're supposed to have it. And so, you know, Had him set up to get Naboth killed and take over his vineyard. And so there's an application of that that takes place in ministry also. Uh, Jezebel will work with you to get your lust fulfilled and give you spiritual validation for it if you're in the household of God. In Hollywood, just say you're entitled to it. The religious thing doesn't usually hook up with it uh, in in the Hollywood expression, uh, in the arts and entertainment expression. Um, but she comes, she's very, uh, deceiving, alluring this power, this principality. She comes in as if she were God and tells you that the desires of your heart are divine. And and that again, you know, the little people, the normal people, uh, it would be sin, but not for you, you know, to the pure, all things are pure quote scripture to you. And, and it literally will tell these exalted men of God. Or women of God. How could a man of God like you even have a desire that's not from God? The fact that you had that desire validates that it's from God. And, and it is not of God, it is that which has been under the influence of this spirit. It's the delusion of Jezebel. Hollywood, as we're saying, in arts and entertainment industry, there is the you are the idol and have serious entitlements. And and you are falling to the same thing that uh, Lucifer or Jezebel or whoever, whatever extension of Satan it was that fell from being the worship leader of heaven, where he, she said, I will be like the most high. I will ascend. I will make my seat like God's seat. That's in the scripture for those who don't, don't know that. And so this thing of, I will be like the Most High. I have entitlement to receive glory. I have entitlement to receive adulation. And uh, I, I want to say that, maybe, I don't know, not a correction, but a balance to it. It doesn't mean that it's wrong for someone to praise you, particularly in the industry or a person, man or woman of God. To receive glory where people give you glory in itself does not make it wrong. For them to send it to you. For you to receive it to yourself then would be. You know, we give him glory. I don't know if you've thought through the the, the scriptures that, 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 that have to do with give God, give God the glory. Well, you can't give him something that hasn't been given to you. And so there is this, you have become... Uh, uh, noted for either what you're producing prophetically or creatively or whatever, and so there is a glory that comes uh, your way, that's okay, but you are now to give him the glory. And when you hold on to a glory or an attention that came to you, then you are uh, be falling under the delusion of Jezebel and being set up for uh, something not good for you. That makes sense, that part explanation there? Okay, so. Now, who is susceptible to Jezebel? Not as a target, but more as a as an instrument, more as a vehicle. And there's some overlap in this, but I, in it, in a couple of stories, I think they're insightful. And um, <clears throat> the purpose for this is for you to uh, protect yourself, to wear the proper armor, and and be in the proper light of truth as you advance and what God has called you to do and be. But who is susceptible to Jezebel as a, uh, now as a vehicle to be being used by Jezebel as an instrument? The very spiritual, the very prophetic intercessors, the very wise and knowledgeable experts on Jezebel, experts on demons. If that can mess you up. It was like, oh, no, if the ones that are experts on Jezebel can be susceptible to be used by Jezebel, how does that work? Well, there's a simple explanation. Overall, what you focus on, you make room for. So that's why even this message is a three part series message. We will not live as a Jezebel fighting church. It's like, be aware of it. We focus on the things we need to. We're, we draw attention, are aware of the things we need to draw attention to be aware of. And then our focus is Jesus and and and, and what he's doing, what his kingdom's about. And so... There is a tendency of those who are always either, uh, that's why the intercessors would be, is if those, particularly when they're uh, trained and, and in the conventional way of our day, is to be those who are experts in going into the second heaven and fighting with demons. Don't have any more time to explain that concept to you. The intercessors know what I'm talking about. And if you're an expert in demonology and casting out demons and deliverance, and teaching about Jezebel, then you are, what you focus on, you begin to make room for. It's just a principle even of life. And so you don't want to be over, overly uh, in that. So that would make you uh, particularly susceptible to Jezebel as being one that Jezebel uses. I'll say it again, intercessors when trained conventionally are more devil conscious than God conscious when trained conventionally. Conventionally trained intercessors see demons everywhere, but can't hardly see the angels. And in fact, as a particularly negative trend towards, say, our niche of the body of Christ, we end up... Or maybe all the body of Christ will applaud people who discern the devil, but warn people of those who discern angels. You notice that? Think of that for a moment. People are finding the devil everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. There's an angel there. Watch out for those people. I mean, you got to watch. People who are always seeing angels. See the devil everywhere. Fine. But you see our side. That's a problem. You know, just, just think through that for a moment again, it's a little longer. Why is it okay to know about Jezebel and Baal and Apollyon and Mammon and darkness and darkness and darkness and darkness, but we tell about our side and light, and that's a problem? Yeah, be careful about that. Why don't we have careful about telling about all the darkness? All right. Probably wasn't saying it for y'all, but somebody will hear this somewhere. That'll help out. I give you an intercessory story or two. Again, this is not for anything that we've faced in our personal reality as a church here, but these are outside and we're aware this message gets out, and goes to many other places. So, this was a few years ago. I had a friend of ours who's a pastor in Honduras, and uh, terrible things were happening to him. And he was calling me regularly and telling me about him, his physical pains and sickness. And, and his wife was in a serious car accident where uh, the nature of the car accident, she ran over someone. She just felt like in a, in a daze. And so she ran over someone who didn't die. And, and they were now having, as the pastors, they were having to take care of the bills of this person, recovery and everything, the way, the way things take place there. And, and again, uh, I think the word she used just a great disorientation came over while she's driving and she didn't see someone. And, um, she ran over them and, uh, they're also, it was affecting their marriage tremendously and it looked like their marriage was going to be over. And, 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 you know, there are some points both sides had to make, um, as it relates to their marriage. And, and, uh, you know, I, I went to Honduras, one of the trips and, and met with them and we prayed. And then out of it after, right after I prayed, I even asked them about his head intercessor and just to make the long story short it came out that his lead intercessor had been praying for his wife's death for over one year she believed that God had shown that the reason the church wasn't going to the next level was because the pastor's wife was holding it back and so she was praying for uh, pastor's wife's death because she was supposed to then marry the pastor, and they were going to be, uh, you know, all that God had called them to be. Again, this where Jezebel mixes with the religious spirit. This person, if you'd been in the meetings, you'd think she's very religious and holy, and she'd be the very prophetic person. But remember, I was also sharing with you that if you're frustrated at not having the voice you think you're supposed to have, you'll allow that demonic influence that connection it's a political spirit but it's a manipulative thing that'll come in and you'll find a way put your foot in the door and do something and so she really thought she was um doing the work of God again she wouldn't just say in a, lord kill the pastor's wife but it's lord we believe the pastor's wife is the problem and whatever you need to do you need to remove her remove her uh physically you know and they're and they're praying for over a year this so um, we you know we were part of confronting that and telling the congregation and the other intercessors how that's not of god and uh, and again, you can say wow that's that 's a no brainer that you shouldn't do that but um, uh, it, it started with a dream that came from one of the intercessors there, the pastor's that the pastor's wife was a problem and and there, the snowball started um, from there. And then discussion how the church was not getting breakthrough. And and then, you know, God, do whatever. If you need to remove the pastor's wife, Lord, we're sure that's what you want to do. And then in her inner circle, it was her that was supposed to be being, preparing herself to be uh, with uh, the pastor herself, the lead intercessor. And there was, again, the absolute... Uh, manifestation, the spirit of Jezebel and trying to kill uh, the voice of that man of God. And really uh, the, who the prophetic voice really was, was the pastor's wife herself. And part of what the enemy was after was shutting her voice. She really was the prophetic voice there. And she's now been positioned in, in how she's supposed to operate in that ministry. And it did explode to the next level. Um, so, you know, it's a mess when, uh, under the influence of Jezebel, those that are supposed to function in some way as your spiritual bodyguards are stabbing you in the back. That, that you know, So insightful. One of the insights is how much power is in our prayers and declaration, where a pastor and his wife can experience serious attacks against them by those that are praying around. So if you see that uh, that are around them praying, you can see in the negative, if that's the truth, how positive uh, it can be for those who are functioning uh, in the and standing in the gap in prayer. How much they can provide a protection. Now, as if this was, um, as if this, 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 if this, as if this wasn't enough. Almost at the same time, within a year or two, of the same time, there was another pastor in in Costa Rica, and there was a similar situation. Um. <clears throat> And several years ago, I, was, I, I came and ministered at this church, and we were at this luncheon of the leaders uh, and just hanging out together after the meeting. And, and there was a uh, uh, the lady that was heading up intercession. I would never met her. She just came up and talked to me about five minutes and didn't say anything wrong. She said all the right things. And, but to tell the shorter version of it, I, I went to the pastor after and I said, I want to tell you that so and so who you have head of intercession, she is hosting Jezebel. And if you don't deal with it, I don't have time to leaving tomorrow. But if you don't deal with it, she will split the church. And um, and then he was like, "Shock!" but she is so sweet, she's nice. And then so then I told his wife, because his wife's usually the discerner there. She's the one that usually figures things out, but she was snookered this time. And she says, but it doesn't seem like it. She's so nice and sweet. I said, I'm telling you, you are going to have to deal with this or it will split uh, the church. And, um, so I met with him about six months later. We were in Switzerland. He was ministering while well, I was ministering there. He was visiting some relatives of his. And so, um, I asked him, I said, did you do what I told you to do with your head intercessor that was hosting Jezebel? He was, yeah, yeah, we're, we've taken care of it. I goes, you sure? Uh, yeah, and, but he was kind of, he really didn't want to talk about it, so I knew he really hadn't. And um, and so, in uh, about six or eight months i don't know somewhere between six months and a year after that he calls me and says johnny we're in a massive crisis in the church he said i never did listen to you on that we just couldn't believe it and he says but the church has been split we've been having terrible physical pains i've been having attacked we've been having attacks in our back and just pains and in our heart uh speaking of he and his wife and, and tremendous depression and stress like never before. Long story short, they found out that this head intercessor had been for two years, had a group of over 20 intercessors that were praying that both he and his wife would be removed from the ministry. The intercessors were. And they were doing so, again, based on a dream. And, and specifically what they believed, they had had dreams among themselves and one had seen that... Uh, Um, they believe that the wife was in adultery with the drummer and that he was in adultery with another one of the singers on stage. No truth to it at all. It's been enough time. I knew it wasn't true anyway back then, but it's clearly uh, was not the truth. And based on that, again, a spiritual thing, our church is never going to be what it's supposed to be when we have leaders like this leading. And so, Lord, take them out. Jezebel. And again, part of the the motivation there. What I picked up in talking to her five minutes, she was trying to get some inroads with me. It was this political spirit trying to advance to show how spiritual she was. And I picked up in an instant that there was agenda there and that she would do anything to advance her own cause. And so that's what I was uh, telling about. So I did have to come into the church and instruct the entire church on... uh, and the, and the group of intercessors on what was wrong, what was right, what intercessors don't do. How to understand even when you get dreams, um, that often prophetic dreams that speak about the pastor's wives are not speaking about the pastor's wife. They're speaking about the congregation. And so if you understand that, then you approach it in a different way. And uh, anyway, she, she did repent. She repented publicly with tears. And, and there's been a general restoration uh, of, of the situation, but these are just a couple of examples of uh, in in a church scenario of how um, Spirit of Jezebel came in. But the point I was really making to you is what made this, these people susceptible to be instruments, vehicle. They're very they're very spiritual, very prophetic, and, and they should be wise and knowledgeable. But they're also their style, their intercessory style, was focusing on the demonic. So what you focus on, you make room for, is part of it. And then they had this part; they're they're frustrated also at not having enough of a voice, and so they did some extra things in order to have a voice. These are again; these are just be aware of these things, and you and and close opportunities for Jezebel to have uh, room in your own in your own life, and you can uh, have a a built-in armor against that. So sometimes if we just know these things, know these things ahead of time, it can help us. All right. We're going to find a way to come into a close towards ministry time here. Even on the things I just shared with you, want to connect it with something I brought up before, that the spirit of Jehu, that which, the, the anointing, the Jehu anointing, that which could easily take out Jezebel. When he came, he was looking for the eunuchs. The eunuchs threw Jezebel down from the story out of Kings. And he said, who's with me? Who can help me? And two or three eunuchs said it. We'll do it. And they're the ones that threw her down, and she was dead in an instant. No drama. And it's validating... The concept of spiritual eunuchs. Spiritual eunuchs I mean there's no hidden agenda. They're kingdom seekers. And so this is something that can uh, not necessarily be readily uh, knowledgeable and, and can be unperceived even by spiritual leadership. They may not discern that. And so this is, this is more for you, for yourself, to deal with it yourself. It's not to create a culture of paranoia of judging people 's agendas for yourself, if you see you operate really out of a hidden agenda to uh, it just comes out of unsanctified flesh in a lot of ways to make yourself uh, uh, be promoted as Ahab did in an illegitimate way, then this hidden agenda would be the opposite of being a spiritual eunuch, and so you can lose your authority over Jezebel but who God will use are those who time and time again when they've had an opportunity to self promote themselves and push themselves ahead they've trusted God and, and let the weight even the responsibility of their destiny manifesting beyond his heart on his agenda for him to figure out and so he knows he can trust them and they are those that can easily now cast down even that which is Jezebel. Just to hit it one more time, this is where it gets close, it can get close to to a lot of us, is the need for attention, the need for credit, the need for glory... That is not what makes you Jezebel. It just makes you susceptible for Jezebel to come after you because you then may compromise. You may uh, violate the lawful way to get the authority God has for you. And, and you know, there is something about really needing stage time, platform time, pulpit, um, and, and uh, can be... On the mountain of religion in the church, it can be a, 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 a manifestation to the fact that there is um, a need um, for you to, uh, uh, to be careful that Jezebel does not have venture in you. That does not mean, again, we're not, there's nothing about creating a paranoid culture environment that anybody who's ever said, I want to sing something or share something or preach that does not make you uh, susceptible or prone to being Jezebel. So we're not overstating anything. It is more the Lord just really wanting to prune off of us as a prophetic people, prophetic individuals, prophetic church, things that we don't need to have there so we can have the proper authority. God really is about to release us in a new way into the city. 2012 is really going to be something. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into that much. It might be part of a following word. really won't be a part four. It won't be a you know, part four on victory over Jezebel. It will be more into a word about what he's calling us to do uh, in our city. And um, I want you to be aware of... uh, Speaking of the city of Atlanta, I was just doing... I already knew some things. I had some research uh, done before, and, and then I was just finding some more things out about the key place in our nation, in the world that the city of Atlanta has. We really have, of all seven mountains of society, they're very dominant in this, in this city of Atlanta. I'm just going to briefly tell you some things uh, about each mountain, and then we're going to have uh, a prayer time, a ministry time in the direction that the Lord uh, is, is, is giving me here But it's so you understand what God is telling us is not just so it's, you know, oh, that's cool, neat information, but there really is a call to engage and confront. It's just so insightful to me. The Lord's been speaking personally to me out of the fact that Elijah took out the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18. He called fire from heaven. He did so again in the future. He could still do so. And he was supposed to go and finish the job, but because he was intimidated And compromised by Jezebel, he did not finish. She sent him a threat. He was intimidated. And for 15 more years, she ruled. Because he wouldn't do what he was supposed to. The Lord said, go anoint Elisha as prophet. Instead of you, go anoint Jehu. He will take out Jezebel. He did not anoint Jehu. It had to be after Elijah went into heaven that Elisha, With the spirit, it's the same spirit of Elijah, but now on a better character vessel. We went into that last week, Elisha. Elisha carried the same spirit of Elijah, and he carried that. He sent one of his servants, his sons, to anoint Jehu, and Jehu is the one that took out uh, Jezebel. But there was this thing of of confronting, and and, and there is uh, this thing of of 2012. The year 12 is, is the year of... Twelve is the number of government. Twelve is the number of the apostolic. And there is this uh, this timetable of the Lord uh, causing his people to arise in a new way and engage in every area of society. Our focus on this message is really not about, re, you know, it's not a church-centric focus. It's really about confronting it in society with some tidbits for our help as it relates to intra-church um, You know awareness of how Jezebel operates, but Jezebel was the mountain of government. She was with Ahab, and Elijah represents that which is on the mountain of religion. And until he, until the prophetic, was willing to engage in the mountain of government, there was not authority over Jezebel. So there is really going to be some practical steps of how the Lord causes us to bring the influence of the kingdom of God into, uh, governmental sectors. And as he's going to be do this independently of us, even I believe we're going to see starting in 2012, a lot of God's sons and daughters being called to go into government in some, some position or another city government, local government, commissioners, counselors, mayors of small cities in, in Atlanta and around Atlanta, uh, be those that are advisors in some we will be called, knowing our mission, we will be called to invade that sector of society and then we will see that there will be ramifications of the influence of Jezebel being brought down. Now, we've stated briefly the influence of Jezebel um, in Atlanta that it can be verified and validated in multiple ways and one is that even there is a Jezebel magazine, a magazine magazine, Called Jezebel, that a few years ago was birthed out of the heart of Atlanta, goes around the world. So it's not even hiding itself. Um, Atlanta, again on the negative side, it has more exotic new dance clubs in and around the city than anywhere in the country. Uh, sex trafficking is either number one or number two. Meth traffic, again the the uh, uh, addictions, drug drug sex you know that combination when you combine when there's a city that you see a strong uh, that that the numbers bear out that there's a a strong presence of drugs sex and religion you'll know jezebel's been there is ruling there and so it it is interesting that that the top three cities in america for strip clubs are atlanta dallas and houston Get of the top three cities for megachurches, the same three, and so, and and it's because there's this deception and hiding and, and religion. Uh, religion gives you permission to do things uh, that uh, and to pretend and to be a pretender, to be one who doesn't worship in spirit and truth. Those who worship in spirit and truth become those that carry the antidote for uh, dealing with this spirit. And I don't know if we'll address it any more than saying that. But Atlanta, just quickly, I was going to all seven mountains. We have some of the, the dominant uh, seven mountain centers in the United States. For instance, Mountain of Education. This is just city of Atlanta. These are just some of them of course there 's Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Clark Atlanta University, Mercer University, Morehouse College, Oglethorpe University, Emory University, Morris Brown College, Savannah College of Art and Design, Columbia Theological Seminary, Agnes Scott, Spellman College, and you know morehouse recently it's usually comes out as being the number one place for uh, um, uh, African Americans um, number one place for their education, their possibilities, Martin Luther King Jr. graduated from there, Spike Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, actor, many others. And so really there's also specifically the, the strong black colleges called the Black Colleges and Universities of America or in Atlanta. So there's a very strong presence, a mountain of education, a very strong need for the sons and daughters of the king to show up in uh, influence in that mountain here in Atlanta. And I'm, part of this is just now prophetic declaration of what will begin to happen. We will see it happen much more beginning uh, next year. and uh, But that's why he's given us this word, preparing us because, 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 because Jezebel... Uh, has been this ruling personality in Atlanta at any one of these seven mountains you go up in Atlanta you're going to face it so that's why the Lord's telling us now prune yourself from these things protect yourselves don't allow these things in you mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment for Atlanta uh we know Tyler Perry continues to put out shows and movies and he has a whole uh production group and he's out of Atlanta and then there are, you know, the music industry is, has exploded in Atlanta. Antonio L.A. Reid uh, is based out of Atlanta, and he's signed and made successful. Mariah Carey and Pink and Justin Bieber and Rihanna and Kanye West and Avril Lavigne and Tony Braxton, TLC, Usher, and um, many others. Many of the big names discovered, found, signed, made successful out of Atlanta. Uh, the, the film industry, there's writings on it. I was reading there's a booming film industry, and they had this picture. that had ATL wood on it as opposed to Hollywood. ATL wood, and, and it's really uh, exploding in the last few years. There's been over a billion dollars in film, uh, film industry money that's come in to the city. And so uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, something... And a place where the Lord desires to come in and has available for his sons and daughters to come in, um, with that, which represents his level of creativity. Again, that we already went through the negative part of there's the exotic new dance clubs and in, in around the city, etc. And dancers, uh, just the monetary value, they make over $20 million a year in Atlanta and it's overall a quarter billion dollar industry in Atlanta, though it is suffering and may it, from this moment forward, may it suffer more and more and more, that industry. Um, we have, of course, still on the mountain of celebration of arts, significant things. Atlanta Falcons, the Braves, the Hawks, the world's largest aquarium, Fox, uh, uh, concert um, venues, w, uh, TBS, Atlanta Ballet, the oldest pro dance in America. And so it is a very, very, very strong presence of the mountain of celebration and growing uh, so in in the United States. And um, so we want to be aware of that mountain of media, very strong presence. And we have CNN, um, major radio personalities and stations and the Weather Channel. In fact, the whole world's weather gets told by Atlanta. And so that's insightful um, right there. Mountain of Economy, um, Mountain of Economy and Business. It is the world headquarters for Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Delta, CDC, the Center of Disease and Control. Kind of has a presence on the Mountain of Economy and on the Mountain of Family. UPS is based in Atlanta, Georgia Pacific, Dobbins Air Force Base, uh, and Fort McPherson. Those are uh, can overlap with the Mountain of Government. Hartsfield, the busiest airport in the world, is Atlanta. Convention, uh, Center Business is only behind New York and Chicago. Atlanta is only behind New York and Chicago. In fact, the tallest building not in New York or Chicago is in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, even in past history, I don't know if you all know, that during the Great Depression, basically, it was the presence of Coca-Cola. Coke bailed out the city uh, during the Great Depression. So very, very strong presence, mountain of economy. We haven't even gone into the banking institutions. And... Uh, so those those altars are right around us here. The mountain of family, and um, you know, I believe that anything that has to do with healing really operates on the mountain of family. That's all the explanation I'll give for that now. But that's why Center of CDC Center of Disease Control is also the mountain of family. Very large uh, defects um, uh, structure here. This is originally Atlanta's, where originally where FDR. Uh, President Franklin Roosevelt originally instituted the federal housing programs of 1935 for good or for bad. This is where they were, they were started, and they changed family dynamics forever from then. This is the seat of the civil rights movement, and, and that speaks into the value of individuals, and that's why it's, it's also part government but part mountain of family. So these are just recognizing these mountains all the mountains, the seven mountains of society we're talking about in a strong presence here in Atlanta. And we'll hit the last two, the mountain of religion. Again, a major hub. Um, it might, I believe it's sort of the Jerusalem of the United States. And it can be arguable, argued with Dallas who's more the Jerusalem as far as being the more religious city. Atlanta or Dallas but again interesting the Jezebel presence and so we are top in mega churches and have thousands of regular churches and North Point is the second largest church in the United States and it's a major center for the Southern Baptists for the United Methodists for the PCA major centers for all those there's over a million Catholics Lilburn has the largest Hindu temple outside of India there are over 15 Hindu temples in Atlanta Uh, There are 120,000 Jews, and it's a very fast-rising group. That's a good sign. 75,000 Muslims in Atlanta, 35 mosques. Um, And we go back to the... Really, it's the black church that's responsible for the civil rights movement that changed everything. That that came out of uh, the black churches uh, of Atlanta. And presently, it's the the home of Creflo Dollar, Charles Stanley, Andy Stanley. But recently... Uh, those that have fallen really to some level of Jezebel, Jezebel-influenced situations are mega pastors Eddie Long, you know, Thomas Weeks, Juanita Bynum, Earl Polk, um, Jimmy Earl Swilly, Jonathan Alvarado, and many, many lesser names. This is like in the last couple of years, most of these. And so there's something uh, happening in our city right now. this is the point of this whole message is taking us. I believe it's a word for whoever receives this, even for other cities of America, that God is about to raise his people to properly confront, to, to, uh, to extinguish this spirit of Jezebel and, and how we operate in it. But we have a specific mission before us here in Atlanta. And that's finally Mount number seven, mountain of government. Um, again, the multiple military bases here, the the birthplace foundation of the civil rights movement. And uh, presently, we have two of the top candidates for president are both on the Republican Party right now are from basically Atlanta, uh, Georgia. And and, uh, depending on how Uh, where exactly they consider themselves based out of but newt gingrich and herman cain have a strong atlanta presence and so we see that god has raised atlanta up in this very key position it's been very influential in times past and there is a significant call for atlanta to be the queen city of the south and to arise and to change everything even in this nation and so And as I'm speaking it, I'm actually in my spirit getting it even much stronger than I'm even able to tell you. That there is a reason why he's having these messages come out to us right now. As to position and prepare ourselves even to receive a new level of the prophetic. For a prophetic church, prophetic people is to receive the Elisha level of the spirit of Elijah. It's the spirit of Elijah now in a vessel who's dealt with some of these weaknesses that make him susceptible to Jezebel and that again i recommend the messages from the last from part 1 and part 2 in order for you to be able to step into that strength but god is calling us to look into this entire city of Atlanta and see how we can bring the presence of the kingdom of God. And though it's a city of 6 million, way too large for any one of us or group of us or one church, it's a very small, tiny anthill of a city in the eyes of God. And that's who we serve. And uh, he looks to operate profoundly and strongly with his sons and daughters. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I just want to pray with you real quick before we give also time for um for ministry time for those who would like that in a in a different way as so we head into ministry time again the challenges to become the proper spiritual eunuchs those who have no hidden agenda kingdom seekers challenge number 2 to become the true worshipers talks about in John 4:23 and 24 the Lord is looking for those worshipers, those who will worship in spirit and in truth. We saw a manifestation of the truth part of it with Dawn as she was leading worship today. There was a need to just step into more transparency, and, uh, and it was okay. It didn't matter if the church, if, you know, worship didn't have this smooth flow. We had to stop for a moment for, uh, you know, repentance and making things clear. And, and that's just helpful. That's part of worshiping in truth. And um, being authentic, transparent worshipers, that becomes a shield against the spirit, the influence of Jezebel. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. And um, and so there's, you know, the spirit in truth, the spirit is is about in passion, uh, worshiping him. And, and, and then the truth is... Is About uh, the proper transparency authenticity, but the really one last application for us, even as we had to ministry time and just to pray over you, is in spirit and in truth, the Lord is looking for those God is looking for worshipers, for true worshipers, those who would worship in spirit and in truth, that spirit would be what we can do, another application of this truth is what we can do in church, where we can uh, you know, passionately worship him and be radical and to encourage the radical part of you. Again, prophetic people must be radical people. And so give yourself um, over to that. And it's just great for me to see different ones of you giving into the Lord and dance and and finding the the room we have here to, to express your passion to the Lord. And then this thing of in truth, it is about authenticity. But there is an aspect of in spirit and truth being the micro and the macro. The micro is how we worship individually in a worship church setting. But then your life itself uh, uh, who you are whenever you walk into a room, you are a walking song i don 't mean like theoretically this is this is now scientifically proven you can have we 'll have Ray Hughes he was speaking in this when we were together in in Vegas in a conference a couple of weeks ago, and that you know, at our subatomic particle level, we are frequency, a spinning frequency. And it can't be with the decibels, the human ear can pick up. I'm not sure if I have the frequency, the human ear can pick up. It can't pick up what your body, but you walk into a place, you literally are bringing a song. You're like, you walk into place. You're a song. Your, your spin is a song. Your energy is a song. And so that's why someone literally, they'll say walked in the room, they brighten the room, just walking in. It literally happens. It's true. And so those who worship in spirit and truth, we want the integrity being there of those who can worship, you know, passionately before God here. But then Monday through Friday, your life song, the song of who you are, is in in line and in keeping and integrity with the passion you show for God here. And and, um, it, it is about... You know, I say this this word, "the spin." If you have a spin of God-centeredness that goes with you, your life song's a good life song. It's a life song that releases hope and life. If it's a self-centered thing, if you got a you know a counter spin going the wrong way, and the only way you can be too gloomy and down and depressed, I'll say, almost the only way is if. You're too absorbed in yourself. And so you have that counter spin on you, and then you just suck the air out of the room when you walk in. Your song is like, you walk in, it's, if you could hear it, it'd be... And then somebody else walks in, you know, it's... I don't know what sound, we probably need to do some video on this and make it proven. But you want to you wanna be worshipers and spirit and truth and value, uh, uh, you know... I, the, where you walk, where you show up, you really are a song. Your life is a song. Who you are, your persona is literally a song. And um, some of you need to sing a new song. And, and so maybe the Lord will help us tonight, even as I pray right now, release a new song over us where the song carries his spin, his joy, his strength, because we're called to be flung into the recesses of society, into every sector of society, bringing the glory of God. So if you just raise your hands. If you don't mind close your eyes lord i just thank you for what you're speaking to us and i thank you lord you are raising up your sons and daughters and and your your prophetic people lord have always been a little bit of a peculiar people and, and you're you're teaching us not even to identify overly identify with the peculiarness of it but to step into this more healed perspective as it as it was elisha a more fathered spirit and new strength there Holy Spirit, I ask that you would breathe into our spirits even right now. Breathe new strength. Let there be a release right now even of another dimension of the spirit, the anointing that was on Jehu, the Jehu anointing, Lord. Let that be released into everyone that's listening to this message even right now. As their faith leaps up and grabs it, may they know now. May they now know that they are a carrier of the Jehu anointing. Lord, release that now. Release that into our spirit, into the subatomic particle level, into our song of who we are. Let that be now part of our personal tune, our personal frequency that we carry. A spirit of victory. Lord, we do it all for you. We live all for you. We are kingdom seekers. We seek first the kingdom of God your righteousness. We thank you for the opportunities to serve you. And you know our propensity, our weaknesses, our desire to be used and to be used by you. And you're not offended. I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you that he's not offended by your desire to be used and to be significant. That's not, that's not a bad thing. It just, it can make you if it pushes you too much, it can make you susceptible to the Jezebel thing. But he knows you all want to be, you want to be, you want to do it with Papa. You want to serve him. And he doesn't have a, you know, you want like Hannah. She wept bitterly. I got to have, I got to have something. Give me a child. Don't let me be the only one around here not having babies. And he's okay with you feeling that way. There's a part of it. He really is okay with. He encourages it. Holy Spirit, just increase your presence on us even now. Break off any present strand or rope or chain of Jezebel upon anyone who is under the sound of my voice even right now. I'll raise your sword, and I ask for that sword to cut through that chain, that rope, even right now. Let the person, let everyone here be set free from being under the influence of of this wrong pressure, this wrong intimidation, this wrong seduction. Freedom, 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 freedom. We thank you for what you're going to do in Atlanta. You're invading. You're going to invade every sector of society with your sons and daughters. You're going to do great things. We stand here in the gap. We stand here as your people, and we say, Atlanta is yours. And we will position ourselves to be used by you. To humbly carry your presence, your grace, your anointing. And expect a greater than God to fight on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.